An undermanned Saints team took a hit in prime time, as did the Los Angeles Chargers in a completely winnable football game as they fight for a playoff spot. Good news for the Bills, Eagles, and Bengals in their respective playoff chases. And we have a new leader in the NFC West. All that and more coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at the Peacock at Williamson NFL. I think it's time to dip into the mailbag a little bit on Wednesday's program tomorrow, so... Hit us up on Twitter at BPeacock at Williamson NFL if you'd like to get involved, if you have questions about this National Football League or anything interesting going on for your new year. And as we wrap up these holidays and head very quickly toward 2022, which means the playoffs are starting to uh, get figured out a little bit. We might have some uh, major three-way tiebreakers to figure out, four-way tiebreakers, who knows, in the AFC, five-way tiebreaker. We'll see how things go right now, and the tiebreakers are kind of nuts, so we might have to cover that at some point on this podcast, Matt, but we've got games to cover from Week 16, uh, the second half of the games that we did not get to yesterday. And I guess that leads us in maybe to Monday Night Football. That's freshest in my mind. I guess we could start there. And, um, wow, not a lot of points being scored in these New Orleans Saints football games these days, Matt. Sure aren't. And excuse me, but I'm going to go on a little rant. (laughs) And, I mean, I've said for years, since I've been doing this in the media, my least favorite thing about this sport and covering this sport and – you know, and there's, it's unavoidable or as the season goes on, it really becomes a war of attrition with injuries. You know, unfortunately injuries are such a massive part of the sport that it derails a lot of would be Super Bowl winners over the years or get some coaches fired and things like that, that I've come to grips with over the last 20 years. It's fine. You know, but COVID and trust me, folks, I understand COVID has affected the planet and the nation a lot worse than screwing up, you know, my career and talking about football and fantasy football, but it's gotten so ridiculous. I mean, these last two primetime games that we watched, the Saints and Washington really aren't fielding NFL teams. I mean, it's really bad and watching it on the field hurts my soul because the product is just horrendous. I mean, the Saints last night, we're on their seventh offensive tackle and fifth quarterback. You know, like, it, it, I'm not saying don't play the games, but it, it's not close to the product we signed up for. And I mentioned fantasy. All of us are feeling that. Like, it's almost impossible to have fantasy playoffs right now. Oh, fantasy playoffs are a complete mess. The NFL schedule for some teams is a complete mess. And you might be able to get away with it with some positions. We have seen some teams get away with it at some positions. But when when you're down to your fourth, fifth quarterback, it turns out, Matt, that it's pretty difficult to play quarterback in the NFL, (laughs) even if you were a draft pick. And Ian Book found that out. Uh, That was rough from a pick six at the beginning of the game. The the Saints just were flat out not moving the ball. And, oh, yeah, it, it... and two really good offensive tackles for the Saints that aren't there for you. I mean, it just really hamstrings your offense and your your best receiving weapons are Lil Jordan Humphrey and uh, Ethan Wolf, who's a player that I didn't know existed before didn't the season started. Is, right? Like I don't even feel bad. I used to get embarrassed 
when I wouldn't know a player. Like a name would come up and I'm like, who's that? Or who does he play for? Now it happens every day. Same here. Now that that's you know something I mean? that in week 17 and you follow the draft so closely and you know 300, 400, 500 names coming into the league every single year. How does a player slip through the cracks? Maybe a, you know, an undrafted guy out of a small college that you never heard of that that makes good in a training camp and makes a team and you learn about them early and to for names like this to be showing up that just completely unfamiliar with in week 16 of the NFL season. Like that's that's kind of goes to show you what we're talking about this year uh with with the covid stuff and uh it's unfortunate because it 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 hurts the the brand of football that we're watching right like i would much rather be seeing a starting level quarterback with starting level offensive tackles for the saints with as good as their defense is play the dolphins it would have been a pretty good game absolutely and by no means do i want to take away from what the dolphins did i mean that pick six to start the game pretty much (laughs) sealed the deal you know i mean looking back on it that's probably pretty much all you needed but they had eight sacks in this game, and this defense is really playing well, and the Dolphins are on quite the winning streak, and I'm not taking away anything from them. But, wow, I mean, the Saints had nothing. Um, I actually, as <laughs> a fantasy note, I needed the Dolphins' defense to have a bad game, which, of course, they didn't. And I felt the best way that I had a chance to put points on the board against the Dolphins was when the Saints defense was on the field. I was hoping they'd get a pick six. I felt like the Saints had no <laughs> yeah. chance of scoring at all or just keep kicking off. Maybe they'll break a return. You know, like the offense had like no chance to score the football at all. It's amazing. And they, they didn't really feature Alvin Kamara very heavily either. And there was some some key downs. He wasn't even on the field. So I don't know if they're just yeah. protecting him, knowing how this game is going to go, knowing that he's been banged up this year and protecting him and hopefully, you know, those last two games against the NFC opponents that that might be a little bit easier for them. They were they were saving Kamara maybe for that. Uh, did that play into it? Because Peyton didn't even seem that upset about it on the sideline. It, he was upset about some officiating, but he wasn't that mad about his team and upset about it. I think he kind of knew what it was going to look like coming in. Yeah, I, I got that impression too. Like, I, I don't have anything. We're losing on the scoreboard. I'm just punting this game away, and I'm going to fight with the Vikes and Eagles for that last spot and see where the chips land because I can't win with the guys I have. And you would never admit that. Coaches don't. But I really got that impression from watching this game that he looked around and said, we don't have any blockers. We don't have any weapons. We don't have a quarterback. We're not going to win. Um, One thing I want to run by you because – Ryan McDowell and I recorded this morning, actually, an episode of Locked on Dynasty, and he was asking me about Jalen Waddle. So, big picture fantasy. This guy is skyrocketing up the, the receiver ranks. And he even asked me, he's like, would you rather have Waddle or DK Metcalf? And I'm like, Waddle? I mean, he has volume. He has a good situation. He already has production. He's now getting the big plays and the downfield stuff. Like, this guy is a massive fantasy asset. Yeah, he's a huge fantasy asset. Uh, He's clearly the number one now and going forward for the Dolphins. If it stays with two at quarterback next year, I mean, PPR monster because he's getting just a ton of short targets. So you're getting 
10 points and just receptions per game for Waddle. And then if he gets in the end zone or breaks one and makes a big play and, and look, that's, I, there's more to come down the field. I think with bigger plays so. too with Waddle because of his speed, he's been um, Wes Welkerish in his usage, which is kind of weird. And in, in, in what his numbers look like 10 catches, 92 yards in this one. I, he, he should be a guy who's well over 10 yards per catch. Uh, unlike he has been this season. So um, who the quarterback is there, does his value even go up more? If it's say Deshaun Watson throwing the ball, I would assume it does. Uh, so, yeah, um, I don't know if I'd put it over DK, but posi- where he's at right now and his usage is really good. Uh, I just There's so much up in the air with what's going on in Seattle, but um, I might take Waddle over all the rookie court, uh, wide receivers right now, including Chase in a dynasty league just because of his clear path to scoring points, not necessarily taken for my NFL football team, but... Fantasy-wise, uh, he's a huge asset right now. And I have a keeper league that I drafted Waddle, and I think he will be my my one keeper there. And he was one of the few players that had value in this game aside from the Dolphins' defense. And actually, yeah, got right, a, right. I got a question before the game from a listener that was asking about fantasy. we got to move on here. But um, sure. about fantasy advice. And he said, I need seven points to win my matchup, and I have both the Dolphins and Saints D. Which one should I play? And I said, well, good news to you. They'll probably both get you your seven points you need, but you got to pick the the defense that's going against a rookie quarterback. And if he did, he made big points there. So uh, I hope that listener did play Miami's defense there. It was Miami's D and and, and uh, Waddle were about the only valuable fantasy assets in this game. And I bet the Saints actually had a decent fantasy output too because there was turnovers yeah, on both yeah. sides. And their defense played you know their hearts out, but best of luck. All right, but we can't quite bury the Saints yet. They've got two winnable games against division opponents coming up in week 17 and 18, that could put them at 9 and 8, and then we're talking tiebreakers in the NFC wild card. And at 8 and 7 now, the Dolphins still have life, the first ever team, which is pretty amazing. And NFL history to have a seven-game losing streak and seven-game winning streak in the same season. That is remarkable. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, and I mean... Eight losses and eight wins is the only is the highest possible up until this season, right? So they they were one win and sure. loss away from being the uh, uh, um, the the most possible, the highest possible losing streak and winning streak winning streak in a season ever, in which they could get to eight next week, which is pretty pretty darn amazing. All right, so darn amazing. Yep. Dolphins over the Saints twenty two three. Next, we'll get to the rest of those week sixteen games. Some really important ones like Bills, Patriots, Rams, Vikings, Ravens, Bengals, and those Philadelphia Eagles all fighting for playoff spots and seeding. Next, those Cincinnati Bengals improving to nine and six atop the AFC North. Matt, we've talked about only one North team getting in right now. It'd be those Bengals forty one twenty one, putting forty one points up on. The Baltimore Ravens, who fall to 8-7 and seven now on the season, the big story in this one was not only Joe Burrow's, what, 525 passing yards and four touchdowns, but him chucking it up deep late in the game that I think John Harbaugh didn't really like too much. So I like this. A little division rivalry. Young Joe Burrow and uh, Lamar Jackson will be playing against each other for a long time in that division. I kind of like it. Spice things up a little bit in that division. Without question. I mean, Burrow... With all respect to Lamar, is the guy I fear most in this division going forward from a Steeler perspective. And Burroughs has given a big middle finger to everybody in the division as we speak. I want to get to the Bengals in a minute, but I just want to throw one thing out there. I mean, the Ravens picked up Josh Johnson a couple days back, you know, before the game started. This guy just needs mentioning. He is 35 years old. 
he started a game for the Jets a couple weeks ago, and we're sitting there watching it, and my, my son Googles Josh Johnson and goes, Dad, do you know that Josh Johnson has been on 21 different teams in his career? <laughs> and some of them are the same team twice, and some of them are XFL. But what a crazy, crazy career this guy has had. It's insane, yeah. He's been on the 49ers. Uh, I saw the statistic about seasons where he started games, and he started. He was drafted in the fifth round out of San right. Diego in 2008. He was Jim Harbaugh's quarterback at the University of San Diego way back in 2008 when he was drafted. And then uh, he started a game, I think, in 2009, and then started a game in 2012, and then started a game in 2016 and 2017, and then in 2021. It was just a, it's such an amazing career, and the fact that he's still hanging on. And he's been in other leagues. And I think he's been in uh, he, he's been in multiple other leagues too. With I think so. Yeah. The, uh, was he even XFL along with? Um, the AAF, and gosh, it's it's pretty remarkable that he's back in the league and then starting games and playing pretty well, getting picked up late in the season to replace again to your point uh, a team with no starting quarterback and then no backup quarterback. So you go to Josh Johnson, he put up three hundred yards on the Bengals, uh, trying to come back and win that football game. Yeah, I mean he's not bad. I mean that, that's not the big topic of this. This, this it was a side note. Sorry. It's just amazing to me that he couldn't have been a 12-year backup for somebody and stayed in the same spot. Mm -hmm. And my son's, like, figuring it out, and he goes, Dad, in, in the last 15 years or whatever since he's been a professional, Josh Johnson has had to move his place of residency, like, every five months <laughs> on average. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's pretty good at knowing like uh, different right. rules for r rental agreements and contracts, and yeah, <laughs> the best, and how to get out of a contract early. You can't even you can't even uh, get that twelve month lease going if you're Josh Johnson. You're like, yeah, do you have like a one month lease? I could. It's, it's pretty right, right. rough. It's pretty go, rough. You know, week by week or day by day, I'm paying. I'm gonna go, you know, stay at the Marriott. Uh, anyway, Baltimore's a big trouble. I mean. They ran for 39 yards in this game. Yeah. So what Johnson did is great, but we know how they're built and what they want to do. They're not able to do that anymore. The O-line's problematic. The secondary is horrendous. I mean, it's and it's all injuries. I mean, they're just totally shot. There's very few bright spots on this team right now. And Burrow throws for 525 and four touchdowns. And, you know, three of his receivers go over 85 yards. Mixon has another 70 on top of that. Higgins had 194. I mean, just dominant by the Bengals. And makes me think Cincinnati's turning the corner. Cincinnati has the Chiefs and Browns left on the schedule. Does it take just one more win in those two games to clinch yep. the North? Uh, looks like it does with the tiebreakers. Did they beat the Ravens twice? Yes, they did. So the Ravens yep. have to be a full game ahead of them. That is looking really nice for those Bengals to be AFC North champs right now. Huge win for them in week 16 and that extra week Matt you're talking about attrition man uh, can we get through 18 weeks now with all with these teams and the injuries it, it's pretty nuts to go along with the COVID uh real quick notes and Mark Andrews eight catches 125 and a touchdown which helped your fantasy football squads in the playoffs as well as T Higgins 12 catches for 194 and two touchdowns uh Jamar Chase another 100 yards he did not get in the end of the zone on his seven catches though uh but Tyler Moore Tyler Boyd and Mixon both did get receiving touchdowns in that one yeah, man, really impressive performance by Burrow. And, you know, I, I totally am on board with where the Bengals are right now. Minnesota Vikings hurting for their chances to make the NFC wildcard. Three teams 
in front of them uh, with much stronger resumes now after a lot, well, two teams in front of them with much stronger resumes because uh, the Saints did lose. They were ahead of them until Monday Night Football. Uh, Saints falling to, or the, the Vikings falling to seven and eight now after losing to the NFC West leading Los Angeles Rams, Matt, who are now 11 and four, number one in the West, have jumped into the top four of those seeds in the NFC, 30 to 23 final there. Big shakeup with uh, the Rams playing better ball and the Cardinals playing worse ball. And now in the NFC, uh, those Rams first place in the division and a top uh, three, where are they? Four, three, four seed right now in the in the uh, in, in the NFC. I think they yeah, are. Yeah, maybe we'll touch on that three. tomorrow. Yeah, they're the three Playoff seed, uh, and they are just ahead because they have the tiebreaker due to head to head over the the Buccaneers. Head to head win percentage. <laughs> so, Sony Michelle was the driving engine of this offense, which I think has really changed how the Rams play football over the last couple weeks, and is very important. Um, cause Stafford was really bad in this game. I mean, mm. bad picks. I mean, he was a uh, double agent in this game and they still won on the road. Huge game. Um, interestingly, Cam Akers has been activated. It might even play this upcoming week. I just find that kind of intriguing. You know, not many teams are getting quality assets back this time of year. Cooper cup always does what he does. Odell was a force as well. Um, the Vikes are in a rough spot is really the bottom line here. They only ran for 66 yards in this game. We know they want to be run first. Cook will probably miss this upcoming week as well. Thielen got hurt as soon as he you know didn't last long in this game. Is he going to be around? Vikes D isn't so great. They do rush the passer reasonably well, though. Um, I, I think the the Vikes are kind of just stuck in mediocrity land right now. Yeah, and w- which is a place they've been for a very long time. And, and Vikings yeah, right, fans, right. Uh, if I'm sensing it correctly, are very frustrated right now with where they're at with this team. Um, and yeah, Jefferson got his eight for one sixteen on twelve targets, but you know, just not enough with no Cook and no Thielen, and even with Stafford. And I think that's sort of the big takeaway in this game was that even with the win and the record looks nice and the the Rams take over the top spot in the West because the Cardinals lose, they didn't look great doing it. And Matthew Stafford, and he, he knows he was bad. After the game, he said, thank goodness the, the running game and the defense picked me up because I was bad in this game. And there's mm-hmm. been a few of those games for Stafford. So uh, this isn't a juggernaut right now in the NFC. They are a team that is also beatable. And, uh, and we'll talk about those seedings maybe tomorrow and how confident we are in these teams going forward in the playoffs, but but showing some warts there are the Rams and Matthew Stafford, because there's been multiple games where he's throwing the ball to the other team, and, and that is not good for them. Oh, yeah, Cooper Cup, 10 catches, 109 yards. Of course. And uh, Sony Michelle, you mentioned it, a little more physicality there running the ball with Michelle. 27 carries to one for Henderson, so that's clearly Michelle's job there. 27 carries for 131 and a touchdown, and I think with Cam Akers, I saw a story that he was activated th- before week 16 so he could get his three weeks of activation in, which allows him to have his year toward his pension, which oh, was key, I didn't that part of but it, so. that he was very unlikely to play in the regular season. I think maybe week 18 he could start to be ready, but they wanted to make sure he was active to be on the playoff roster as well because then he could come back, and then uh, that would be a huge boost for them to have uh, a three-headed monster back there, although I think at that point, Henderson wouldn't even get the one carry <laughs> if Akers is ready yeah, to go. Yeah, I think and, he's dealing with something, too. Yeah, he's been he injured for a while. Game, yeah. 
Okay. Now the Rams are in a good spot. Rams are in a good spot. The uh, Vikings are not in a great spot, but Stafford's got to play better for those Rams if they're going to play far into January. How about the Bills and the Patriots here? The Buffalo Bills, a little payback from a, a matchup just a couple of weeks ago. Buffalo beating the Patriots 31 31- 21 on the road here and uh, now those teams tied at the top of the AFC East they are one and one with those head-to-head matchups so we're going to tiebreakers there as it as it pertains to these two football teams and right now it's actually the Bills who own the tiebreaker against the New England Patriots because of best winning percentage in division games which is interesting there. So that week one loss for the, the Patriots is going to hurt them against uh, who they lose to in week one. Was it the Dolphins? Who the, the Patriots? The, the Patriots yeah, lost, the Patriots to, lost yeah. to the Dolphins in week one. Right. Oh, well, yeah. Those the Dolphins win before they win on that seven game losing streak, right? Yep, yeah. Yep, yep, okay. So uh, so that one's really going to hurt as it turns out. The 17 16 loss in week one to the Dolphins because the tiebreaker there for the division, uh, if it stays tied throughout, is. Uh, best winning percentage in division games since the head-to-head is tied between the Bills and the Pats. Huge win for the Buffalo here. Huge win. I mean, I think both teams are going to the playoffs no matter what, but some of my real observations from this game are, first of all, Josh Allen is back to being awesome. You know, we've referenced fantasy before. He's the number one quarterback in fantasy two years running now and had some early season struggles by his standards, but is back to really being Superman and just taking this team over and being a dominant player. That's really hard to play against, even with a couple receivers out, you know, Davis and um, Beasley Um, Isaiah McKenzie got a bump and he's always been kind of a gadgety player, but they use him as a traditional receiver in this one. He caught 11 out of 12 passes for 125 yards and it wasn't fluky. It was just him beating people, running routes, you know. I mean, so that was good to see as well. Um, they really took advantage of the Patriots' slower linebackers, you know, like crossing routes and backs. And, you know, the big, heavy defensive front was kind of used against the Patriots in this one. And last little nugget is I'm a Mac Jones guy. Don't get me wrong. Um, but – This is when the rubber hits the road and the elite quarterbacks start to take over. Mahomes, Allen, these guys are starting to play great. And I think Mac Jones is showing right now that he limits his team a little bit. Yeah, uh, he's still a rookie quarterback. People forget he he arrived and played so well early. It's not like he's a a done, finished product quite yet. And you're seeing why there were some folks who argued he shouldn't be a number three pick just because physically he doesn't match up against some other top, you know, arm talent quarterbacks in the NFL you see that in December late December cold weather games and he's not quite driving the ball like someone like Josh Allen it's just Mm -hmm. a stark difference when you see those two quarterbacks on the field at the same time even though you know quote unquote Mac Jones can still make all the throws and has a fine arm um here's what's interesting I wonder if there's a rookie wall too I mean I'm sure he played almost all the preseason and this is what his 15th game in a row I mean it's got to wear on him here's what's interesting Matt that winning streak for the Miami Dolphins, the Dolphins, by the way, would be the seventh seed behind the Patriots, who are the sixth seed right now, if the season ends today, which it does not. Tiebreakers, of course, with four, eight, and seven teams. If the Miami Dolphins keep that winning streak alive and go all the way through to the end of the season, week 18, they cap their season, start and end, against the Patriots. Patriots-Dolphins... The Miami Dolphins could win out, win that game, knock the Patriots completely out of the playoffs. Crazy. And they have the head-to-head tiebreaker in that case because they would be 2-0 and against 
the Patriots. So Wow, um, I didn't realize that. That could that's, be a fun one. And you get the Alabama quarterbacks, Tua versus Mac. That that would be a fun one in week eighteen. I'm kind of rooting for that Ooh. one to happen. Miami's so hot right now, too. I mean, the red that hot. could be a low-scoring, good battle. You know, they won the head-to-head in week one. That's pretty great, yeah. All right, we've got a ton more games to get to, including Jaguars, Jets, Giants, Eagles, Bucks, Panthers, Chargers, Texans. Next. Things getting extremely interesting in the NFL as teams make the playoff push and bet online as you covered this holiday season and into the new year with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before not only nfl football there is college bowls nba pro and college hoops nhl boxing ufc your favorite vegas casino games whether it's poker blackjack you can find it all and you can take advantage of all the amazing offers available this season at betonline.ag betonline remains your number one spot for all the sports action head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Those Philadelphia Eagles, maybe if it wasn't for the Miami Dolphins, would be the hottest team in the NFL right now. And they handled their business at home against uh, a New York Giants team that is undermanned they started a a young quarterback like the Saints did and uh, much of the same lack of success for Jake Fromm he was replaced by Mike Glennon who didn't play really any better for the the New York Giants although they did put up 10 points and scored a late touchdown but what's wild about this game is that it was 3-3 going into halftime then the Eagles put up 31 unanswered points in the second half to just pull away from the Giants and really enhance their chances to make in the playoffs at eight and seven now in the AFC or in the NFC. I really like where the Eagles are at. I think they're going to be the final playoff team. I like their chances much better now than the Vikes or saints. I mean, Jake Fromm threw the football 17 times and accumulated 25 yards. Saquon Barkley, (laughs) who used to be a star carried the football 15 times and got 32 yards from it. Like, this is really bad in the, in New York right yeah. now. I mean, we've touched on fantasy a lot today, but, like, you can't use anybody on their offense. I mean, it's as bad of an offense as there is in the league right now. I really like how the Eagles control both lines of scrimmage. They're very physical. They wear you down. Even when things start slow, it's, you know, it comes around and they start pounding you. They're pretty impressive. I mean, they really are. Yeah, similar uh, game plan that the Eagles have been using to much success recently. Get a couple turnovers there, and things get pretty easy for you against a team like the Giants. And I mean, even if even their their target hog players, nine targets for Tony, eight targets for Kenny Galladay, and they had yeah. twenty eight and twenty two yards from those targets respectively. I mean, just just anemic offensive production there for the Giants. They had nothing going on, and so owning the lines of scrimmage couple turnovers make things difficult for your opponent and uh, the Eagles pulled away not much really to talk about in this game as far as the game because they dominated it Devontae Smith five catches for 80 and a touchdown couple touchdown passes for Jalen Hurts didn't have to do a ton 199 yards passing in this one Um, even the rushing production wasn't huge for the Eagles as far as one player uh, the Boston Scott to get in the end zone but you know that's about it as far as fantasy production there for the Philadelphia Eagles the big story here is that that eight and seven now um, alone in the NFC are 
the Eagles with that eight and seven record tied with the 49ers for the six and seven seed. But when I say alone, I mean that there's nobody else behind them now that they're tied with. Those teams like the Falcons and the Saints and the Vikings are a full game behind. And when you look at the Eagles' schedule, at least one more winnable game for the Eagles, which looks really good for them. They do have the Cowboys coming up. So this Washington next week, then the Cowboys coming up. So it's not a cakewalk for them. The Cowboys, I got a feeling, are going to be playing for some sort of seeding. So it's, I don't think it's going to be a situation where they're sitting people. So division opponents, you know, not easy. But the Eagles, one more win. Is that enough to get in with a tiebreaker? We'll find out in the NFC. Probably. Yeah, I think nine wins will get somebody in, but someone might have ten wins. So you might only get one nine-win team in there. Yeah, they also scored on defense and – I mean, they were pretty much the better team start to finish, even though it started a little slow for them. Yes. They're hard to play against. Again, I mean, you can run the ball, you can stop the run, you're good at the line of scrimmage. It's a start. It's a foundation. Zach Wilson showing some signs of life here. Uh, Late in the season for the New York Jets. Now, they were playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, who now fall to 2-13 on the season. Uh, The Jets improved to 4-11 now, beating the Jaguars 26-21 in this one. But this was the two top picks in the NFL draft, fighting for draft position again for their teams. And the number two pick, uh, he made more plays, even though he only had 102 yards passing. He did throw a touchdown pass and had a 50, uh, what was it, like a 52-yard touchdown run which was pretty amazing for Zach Wilson so kind of making plays you saw that old BYU Zach Wilson a little bit even though they didn't lean on him that heavily on offense and then Trevor Lawrence had 280 yards passing no touchdowns no interceptions in this game but um, really you know two bad teams obviously and the Jaguars the worst of the two on this day Matt yeah they they certainly were Um, not an easy watch I mean this was not an impressive showing by either team in my estimation here I did like seeing that Wilson made some plays, you know, just make some plays, you know, and Lawrence has done a little of that this year, but not enough from either. That's for sure. I still have extreme confidence in Lawrence. I've always had some doubts about Wilson. We'll say, but I also think that the jets will probably surround him with more. Um, I don't have a ton else for this one, to be honest with you. I mean, give the jets credit. They've won four games this year. I mean, that's a little more than I expected a couple weeks ago. And Michael Carter, the young running back, Looks better and better to me every time I watch him. Yeah, I don't think Carter's the number one back. He was the number one right. back for him in this game, but he's that third down back that's going to have some value for you late in your fantasy drafts every year, catch some balls for you, can do some things. So, um, you know, that's what this game was about for both these teams. Find who's going to stick around for you. Who are the keepers? And I think Carter's yeah, exactly. the keeper there on that offense. Yeah, and so we'll see. I mean, there'll be really interesting off seasons for both these teams. Jaguars need a coach. Both teams need a lot, but they have a lot of resources too, so we'll see. Barrios had the big return. so Yeah, not yeah. that was one thing I wanted to mention. Not a ton of offensive production here in this football game. Uh, let's move on to the Buccaneers and Panthers. Oh, Robinson got hurt too. Uh, that, oh, that stinks. You know, yeah. He goes off with an Achilles late in the year. Like, that knocks, will he even be ready for week one next year? Yeah, like, probably oh, not, and he'll right. really be the same all year. That, that's a rough late season injury. I'm glad you mentioned that one. You hate to see it, too, because no. he was an undrafted free agent that, by football standards, hasn't really made any money. Maybe ATN has a big year as he's mending, and then everybody forgets about him. And he right. gets that big second paycheck. Or who knows? You know, just know this league's rough. Yeah, who knows how the hell things are going to go for the Jacksonville Jaguars next year. <laughs> uh, but they are keeping Trent Baalke as GM. Saw that story. Um, curious. That's your guy. Don't, 
Don't love that move for the Jacksonville Jaguars, so <laughs> more of the same for them on tap, I'm sure. Let's find out uh, what's going on here in uh, Carolina with, uh, I mean, just struggling. Who knows? Struggling Carolina Panthers. Uh, they fall to the Buccaneers 32-6, to and this was a game where I thought they could keep it close because the Bucs were missing so many pieces and injuries galore uh, with that team, and uh, it didn't matter. Yeah, they, they, the Bucs ran away from the Panthers 32-6 to here. Yeah, again, this was never competitive. Um, Carolina seems very rudderless and just searching for any answer they can. It feels like they're just throwing whatever they can at a fan and hope it sticks, and nothing seems to really be sticking. I mean, so I don't know what to think of Carolina. Yeah, it feels like a lack of a plan, too. They're like, oh, you try quarterback. Okay, well, you try quarterback. Yeah, rudderless, I think, is a good – and I've I've been a big fan of Matt Rule, and I thought that they had drafted well and they were – heading in the right direction, but the dominoes of deciding not to draft a quarterback, going with Sam Darnold, going the veteran route, and then Newton and just the, the injuries and just the revolving door at quarterback and then firing their offensive coordinator like he was the problem, which clearly he was not the right. problem here. Um, yeah, you, you get a little bit worried about that going forward, and I get the feeling with David Tepper, who's an active owner, uh, they might be going big this offseason to try to fix that position. Uh, that's what I'd be doing if I was them. Yeah, I really think there's a good chance Watson ends up there or even Wilson. Um, and because they're such an active team, too, like they see see a new shiny thing. Oh, there's Stefan Gilmore. Let's get him. Let's go. Right. You know, like it, they're very reactive and, you know, like, oh, get rid of the offense coordinator. It's all his fault. And, you know, we'll bring, we'll go get Cam Newton. And, oh, well, why don't we try Sam Darnold? And, like, it just seems like a cat chasing any shiny object at the moment. Um, real quick on Tampa. This wasn't a very stiff competition, but Fournette wasn't really missed. You know, uh, Jones carried the load as we thought he would. Mixed in a little bit of Keyshawn Vaughn was good to see, too. But when this game mattered, Brady threw to A.B. like every time. <laughs> yeah, 15 targets for Antonio Brown. Uh, at 10 catches for 101 there for him. Gronk only had one catch for 23 yards. but um, He looks like he's slowing down, by the way. I mean, how could he not be? How Just could he not? A big old right. goofball. And like the long season now is starting to wear down. Not surprising at all. Keyshawn Vaughn, though, I forgot he existed. Highly drafted player yeah. a couple years ago, showing up and, and showing some spunk on that 55-yard touchdown run and, and uh, hard running on another inside carry near the goal line. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a thing all of a sudden, but, I mean, he showed some sparks. You saw some athleticism and why maybe they liked him in the draft. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, boy, I mean, I mentioned Dynasty. Just one, when he came out, I mean, he was a Dynasty. I never bid on him, but he was like a first-round pick in Dynasty rookie drafts because of his situation. He's going to take over the Tampa running game. What a great team to land on. And really, he's been disappointing, but... These guys don't bury him. I mean, he was a, what, third or fourth round pick. Now he has an opportunity. Some of this was mop-up type duty for him, but, you know, there's some ability there. Um, also, seven sacks by the, the Bucks in this game. You know, like, their front's still yeah, doing a, just fine. And the, the Panthers' offensive line's horrible. Tampa Bay, 11-4, and four, the four seed currently in the NFC. Like, it, There's going to be a 13-team 13 win team that's a four seed or a three seed in the NFC. It's really has and has nots in, in the NFC right now. Pretty amazing to see what's going on there at the top. And these teams are going to be playing for that seeding in as many home games as possible all the way through week 18. I have a feeling. Uh, speaking of a team that's fighting for a playoff spot that maybe laid the biggest egg of this entire NFL season, how about the Houston Texans putting 41 points up wow. on 
the Los Angeles Chargers, 41-29. The Chargers fall to 8-7 and and currently out of the playoffs if the season ended today, which I hate because it doesn't end today. But they've got work to do at 8-7. and The Chargers definitely have some work to do and just showing that they've got some weaknesses on defense that uh, that are not going away until they have a full offseason to try to figure out what's going on there. Um, we've got Rex Burkhead going for 149 yards on the ground and two tutties in this one. Yeah, let's start with the Texans because I don't want to just brush them off. Give this coaching staff a lot of credit. They're still playing very hard, and this was the plan. You sign a bunch of dudes that are NFL players that are cheap and kind of land of misfit toys to one-year deals, and they'll play hard for you all year long because they realize that their livelihood depends on it, and you build a toughness, you build a culture, a competitiveness, and that's in place. Um Here's a, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think Davis Mills is going to be their starting quarterback next year on opening day. I, I think he's showing enough that if you weigh him against Sam Howe or Pickett or all those guys coming out, is there really a big difference? You know what I mean? Like maybe Jimmy ends up there or whatever, but I think Mills has a chance to get a shot to be the starter. I think he's deserved that after this year. He, but this game to me, go ahead. Uh, just on the Mills subject, he's gone through some struggles, obviously. He's proven that he deserves to be around and have an opportunity. Now, if you mm-hmm. can upgrade with a veteran, you know, do you end up with Tua in a trade to Miami if you trade Washington? Uh, do you decide, no, let's go with Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that? Familiar front office there with him and think, you know, we, we like uh, this veteran presence better and he's clearly going to be a better player and and Mills is maybe a long-term backup but you know if you go to a rookie especially in the draft or something like that uh, I could see Mills getting another shot and the Texans aren't in a place where they're going to be like okay we've got to you know it's it's um win at all costs next season right they're going to be building still so they don't have to they don't have to do anything drastic at quarterback see one more year of Mills get another high draft pick if he's bad and then get a better draft class maybe the year following or something like that and then try to try to start winning a lot of football games in 2023 because it's not like 2022 is going to be their year no no that's a good point um but this game to me is more about the Chargers and Herbert wasn't great through two picks you know they lost a turnover battle 3-0 that obviously had a lot to do with this loss but you talk about offseason priorities. They need to find defensive linemen that can stop the run. Their run defense is so abysmal. Hey, I cheer for Rex Burkhead as much as the next. But when he's gashing you for 149, right. and it's just time and time again, just big run after big run. Trust me, I've been watching the same thing with my Steelers for the last six weeks, where it's just a helpless feeling, and everyone on the field knows you can't stop it. That's where the Chargers are at right now. And they didn't have Bosa, who's really their only good D lineman. Guys like Tillery are just getting pushed around. I mean, it's a bad situation. Lots of work to, there uh, to do up front for the Chargers. And, and you really see why for Brandon Staley, he's a really good defensive coordinator for the Rams. But it does, it does get a lot easier to do things on the back end with more players in coverage if you have players like Aaron Donald up front. Uh, so, uh, right, you know, right. Bosa is really good, too. But another presence, especially inside, will probably help that defensive line for sure because run defense has been a problem for the Chargers. Um, and then it doesn't help when a couple interceptions from Herbert in this game. 
the the big upside here and the big story for you fantasy football players was if anybody picked up Justin Jackson and started him, which I did in the Locked On Dynasty League, in fact, because nice. my, my running back two slot has been sort of a turnstile all season long, and he helped me get into the, the finals there. So, yeah, uh, 11 carries for 64, two touchdowns on the ground, eight catches for 98 yards as well. So doing it on, in, through the area and the ground. Someone out there probably started Jackson and Burkhead and is very happy. You yes. Know, like, imagine the DFS lineup you could put together, with, oh. you know, pay up for like Devontae Adams and big dogs, but you're playing Jackson and Burkhead and they're doing what they did in this game. So uh, the Chargers just opened the door, though, for some other AFC teams. You know, like we mentioned the uh, AFC North. There might be a second team in the North now because the Chargers should have won this game and everyone assumed they would, but they didn't. They opened the door for practically all the AFC teams. I mean, this is a game you have to win. The Chargers now are the nine seed with tiebreakers at eight and seven with Baltimore in front of them, Miami in front of them. Um, there's the Raiders who are also eight and seven, but the Chargers have the tiebreaker currently over the Raiders. Then you've got the seven, seven and one Steelers, um, seven and eight. Browns and Broncos that probably won't get there, but they're only a game behind. So anything can happen in these last two games. That was a huge one. That that game, if you're pointing to anything this season for the Chargers, that was the most disappointing and the one that might knock you out of the oh, playoffs. Brutal. All right, that is week 16, Matt. We did it. We made it through. There's two more weeks to go. I uh, do want to hear from the listeners out there at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL. What are your thoughts right now heading into week 17? Uh, the crazy playoff pictures in both the NFC and the AFC. Whatever's going on in the NFL, your New Year's plans. Let's hear about it. Thanks for making us your first listen, by the way, every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. For your second listen, you can find me hosting Locked On 49ers. You can find Matt doing Locked On Dynasty Football Show. You can find Peter Bukowski doing Locked On Today. The content is endless here on the network. You can find your boy Q doing Locked On Bets every single day. And, of course, always free on all of your podcast platforms. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.